What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality, where we talk about everything gaming, everything nerdy, basically everything awesome. I am one of your two hosts, Pharaoh, and I am joined, as always, by Muggin. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. How has your week been? Busy. I am Busy. slammed at work. I'm doing freelance stuff, and I'm trying to squeeze in every possible second of Diablo 4. So Yeah, there's just so many games that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, which reminds me, um, uh, blah, 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 Black Clover Mobile is coming out on July 29th, which oh, is yeah. huge. So just remember that. Yeah, isn't um, that like the, isn't it like a Genshin mm-hmm. style, but with the Black Clover characters, kind of like the yes. Seven Deadly Sin ones coming uh, too? Yes. I am so pumped about this game. It's crazy. No. Uh, because especially, like, it's the big IP ones that really get me hyped because, like, I mean, Black Clover is a huge IP. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, super, super excited about it. But um, let me go ahead and, and do the shameless shilling beforehand. Of Shill away. So uh, thank you all very much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. To all our patrons especially. You guys are the best. Make sure to go to patreon.com forward slash ANR pod for more information on that. You can also go to our Discord, discord.me forward slash ANR. We have a whole bunch of different conversations there. You can sign up for uh, anything that you want to join in on in the topic areas. Um, and then you can also give us a free five star review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those always help out a whole bunch. So we really appreciate it. All right. Back to the main stuff. We're going to hop right in because we have a huge. Huge list of stuff today. So, mm-hmm. um, let's go ahead and jump right into the movie stuff. I think it's mostly going to be me talking here because you haven't got around to seeing them because you've been super busy. Um, but Spider-Verse, that's the, that's the first one we're going to talk yes. about. You've not seen it, correct? I have not. I, I, I thought I was going to get a chance to, but I did not. I did not okay. get a chance to. I had um, actually... Um, podcast a friend and a previous co-host for both of us on our old podcast uh, Dorian Blade actually came to visit me in That's Florida right. so we went to uh, Disney and checked out Galaxy's Edge and uh, you know so just hung out a couple couple times during that uh, visit so uh, I thought maybe we'd go see it while he was here but uh, I wasn't able to get out Didn't and get, get to it to just it. too busy with other stuff yeah. so but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to see it. Well, yeah, you definitely should because it is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go into too much because I don't want to ruin it, but um, it was fantastic. I did have one of my friends tell me that they didn't think it was, like, they thought it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. But there was a few things that they took issue with where I actually thought it was a near-perfect movie. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of takes where they've, brought up some some things here and there some seemed nitpicky some seemed valid but i think the overall his was more based on the yeah. mentality I don't know, i'm curious to see if you have heard any of those takes but his was based on the mentality of a spider-man like would they accept this or would they not mm-hmm. and i was saying that i think they would and he was saying that he wouldn't i'm not going to go into it any more than that obviously but um that was where our big disagreement went to mm-hmm. and uh but overall, I think we, we both agree that it is, I mean, definitely at least a 90% movie for me. It was like a 95% or so. So, which especially coming from me, that's pretty high marks. So, yeah, nice. Incredibly good. Entertaining all the way through. Everything that you want. Like, hmm, just good. I, have, I can't wait to see it again. I also, <laughs> for those of you 
actually never mind i'm not even gonna say this because i don't know what legal implications there are to it but um i'll have to tell you about it after the show but um yeah it's to deal with like i actually saw a little bit of the spider verse actually i can say it whatever on on tiktok i did not watch it just for anyone but on tiktok i see this thing streaming all the time on tiktok like it weird it's literally streaming and i'm like this can't be legal no so i i I do not watch it but um because whenever i saw it i was like oh my god wait i don't i don't remember this and i was like oh this is not that one so i switched off immediately because i want to see it in theaters obviously but so if you're rolling around on tiktok i mean those things are everywhere so be careful Mm. um but yeah anyways so uh that was the case spider verse very good please see it um transformers i also saw which you did not once again correct no but i really want to like honestly for something in me wants me to go wants me to go see it i've heard it's it's fun, but it's not like you know the greatest thing ever like bumblebee was better bumblebee was definitely better this was um you know this just uh it was some big robots fighting that that was about it like standard michael bay transformers trap yeah it wasn't wasn't great honestly i think the michael bay ones were better but um yeah like for me like a big thing here is like the characters i just i just didn't care about the characters at all like they they spent no time making me care about the characters and like i was thinking back to the first transformers and i was like i actually cared about um what's his face uh what's the name of that actor shadow LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. i was like i actually cared about him and i'm like why don't i have that anymore with with these and so like i really just i don't know it, it, throughout the whole time you're like why are these people even friends like why like the are they actual people, s- or are you talking about the Transformers? The, the people, the okay. people, and especially the people, but then the bonds between the people and the Transformers, you're just like, they're like, like why about is to the give... Per- why is the person bonding with the, with the robot? Exactly. Not, there isn't... not the robots to robots, but the, the human connection. Right. It's just everything happens so fast, and there really just isn't a reason for them to be, like, giving up lives for each other. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it's been a day. Like... It just didn't make sense. So, yeah. Um, and then, like, the whole plot, honestly, at the end, you're just like, this guy's like, I'm going to do this. And then they're like, no, don't do it. And then he's like, fine, I won't. But then they end up doing it anyways. And you're like, okay, so that was all worthless. So, yeah, it was um, not not great. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a bummer because I just wanted, there were some stompy robots in there that I really liked. Like, yeah. Like, for me, like, I don't know if you watched Beast Wars at all. Like, I did not. So I watched Beast Wars, cool. which is which is which was actually is an awesome, an awesome freaking awesome cartoon. Yeah, 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 it's an awesome cartoon. Like really good. It was like at the kind of the beginning of like CG cartoons. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's very interesting to see that generation of it. But it was that was good. That was a good Transformers show. I thought um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And there's like a really fond place in a lot of people's heart for that, which is why a lot of people got really jacked for this movie when like Optimus Primal jumps out and he's like, hello, Optimus Prime. And you're like, oh shit. Like they exist at the same time now. Right. Um, and like seeing RC and like Mirage, like some of the Transformers that they brought into the movie, like mm-hmm. were cool, like cool Transformers. You were like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Like I thought like when the trailers, when they showed like Mirage, like, make the three versions of himself and like do all that stuff. I was like, man, that's freaking cool. And like a really interesting way to bring him in, you know? Um, 
but yeah, like the dude in the car, like in once in even in the trailer, like you see him try and steal the car and like get all freaked out, and then like by the end of the trailer, he's like, you know, dude's transforming while he's in the car, and he like starts walking, you know, out of the transformation, and you're like, how did that happen so quick? Like, yeah, <laughs> even in the span of the trailer, like is this like a six month trailer or because doesn't seem like you'd be that chill and in with it right away but um. yeah and, and there was also some very convenient stuff that happened in it too like where like all of a sudden the main guy like not not the robot but the guy can like do this stuff and then i'm like well that came out of nowhere all right yeah. um so yeah but either way um it's you know worth a watch if you love transformers like yeah go ahead and see it um but just don't expect anything crazy just Keep keep low expectations, and then you'll probably have fun. Yeah, nice. So it's fun, um, but not like earth-shattering new Transformers like, movie. I don't regret spending the ticket. Let me put it to you like that. You there know you what go. I mean? Like I will never see it again, ever. Ever. The last but, Transformers movie I saw in theaters, I did regret buying the ticket. So that's good. Yeah, it's, it's okay, gone so up in quality. Setup. Yeah, it's gone up in quality. It was the one with the Transformers <laughs> balls. Okay, well then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, all right, so then let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next thing here. This Little Mermaid. We're going to keep it short because we did talk a good bit about it yeah. in the live show chat. Um, we both saw this one, so why don't mm-hmm. you go ahead and, and give me your take on it. So I know your take because we talked yep. about it, so I'm just going to go simple. I saw it with my wife, who's a Little Mermaid fan, uh, and my four-year-old daughter, and then another family who has a three-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old daughter. We all went and saw it. And there was varying um, levels of like-dislike to it. So, like, I thought it was okay, and my wife and my daughter really liked it. And then the other family we went with, the mom thought it was okay. Their three-year-old daughter loved it, and their 14-year-old daughter thought it was terrible. Like, she was very much in line with, I think, your frame of mind which is like what was the point of this i didn't need this like i like the original better blah 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 blah. and the thing that made me laugh about it the most and and i want to go too deep in it but but they those kids are black too so like they're they're like the you know partially a target demographic like there's there's some objective truth in yeah and they're going like i didn't need this like whatever you know what i mean so and they didn't really care that that she was gen uh uh, race, race swapped swap. or anything. It was right. more about the value of the movie overall versus here? the yeah. original, which I think is one of your problems with it. Is just like no, why is this bothered? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there was I, I I will even say there. I think there were good things in the movie, and I think there were bad things in the movie. And we can argue. You could argue about which person thinks what, but I thought I would give it an okay. It was okay. It wasn't like earth shatteringly good, but it wasn't like the worst live action one they've done yet, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. well, yeah. So my take on it. Once again, I'm gonna keep it very brief. Um, it's like a this two pronged issue, basically. Just I think that, and this is very much. I think that seeing Spider Verse really enhanced this um, issue as well. It's just I think that it's it's just really lazy story writing to try to make race swap a character because like just hitting the paint fill bucket to change the the character's color is just so lazy because that character was written a certain way before and there's even certain remarks in the movie like calling her red because she has like this bright red hair that's like iconic 
And in this movie, it's like, you know, brown with like a little bit of red in it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's just like, whenever you do it, I literally like cringed. I was like, oh, ugh. And so it's just like, and you know, no hate on the girl. Like, I mean, she did, she did a great job. Yeah, acting. she did. I thought she was great. Her voice was very good, but singers are a dime a dozen. So it's not, I don't think she got the part because she's a fantastic singer. I think that that was just, she sings and she's, and she has a, an audience, right? And we want to be inclusive. Like, that's what they do now. That is part of their formula. Anyone that says anything to the contrary of that is lying to you. But I just, like, when I was watching it, I saw the other sisters. And I was like, why are we watching the same thing over and over again? Like, I know what's going to happen in this movie. And I know it's going to be worse (laughs) than the cartoon. So I'm like, I don't even want to see this movie. And I'm just thinking, I was like, what are all those other sisters up to? Like... Those other sisters are super diverse. Like, I would love to see what the Indian sister's up to, what the other black sister's up to. Like, tell me about their lives. Let's expand the universe into a new story instead of, honestly, taking a giant shit on the on the story that we already know because we all know it's going to be worse, and it definitely was. Yeah, I think... And so, that's my thing. I would say the one thing I will say because we didn't talk about it in the mm-hmm. original is, you know, with your statement of, like, the paint fill bucket, I think the thing that was... You know, I think the thing that Spider Verse takes in, and, and you saw it in the original, right, mm-hmm. first one, and you and and you could see that, and even in the trailers, they're trying to expand on his, you know, dual uh, race um, heritage and kind of trying to come to terms with, you know, who he is and how he fits into the yeah. world and and whatnot as part of his character development. In this one, while they did race swap her, there was no, there was no, I, I don't want to say repercussion, but I really don't know what the real word to use would be but there was no like hardships for her or any like of that race card Mm -hmm. brought into her character in any way other than the fact that she was uh, black they did move the location of the like the original takes place in like Norway or something right Um, Mm -hmm. this one takes place she's she's the Caribbean sea right because you know each one of the girls is a different sea so they've put her in the Caribbean Sea, which therefore makes sense that she would be black, right? And so the mm-hmm. heritage of of the land, you get to see more of the world, quote-unquote world in this than you do in the original, because like in the original, she's just in the palace, and this, they go into the town, and they meet the people, and they see the things, and it's a very, you know, island feel in Caribbean, and the architecture, and the music, and this and that is all, you know, islands, so they do... I think do a good job of setting the scene for why she is black in this, but I don't see it brought into her character. If that, right. which I think is your problem too, is like if you're going to well, take the time do to do the race swap, you should update the story with it exactly to to bring meaning to that race swap. So it's not just like you said, like oh, we click the diversity inclusion button, and like you said, she's great and she's good, and I wouldn't say fantastic singer actors are a dime a dozen, but there are a lot of them. So she she obviously, it wasn't like they gave her the role and she sucked at singing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, she just got the role because of the inclusion thing. So she did actually fill the role well, I think. So I do want to. Give I think her she was that. a good. I think she was like a a good like actress. I yeah, think her she singing was very good. I think her singing was very good. But like, yeah. I do. I really do think that a a person like her, like, is a dime a dozen. Whenever it comes to like, you can find many people like that. I mean, like people are trained from a super young age now to do these exact things. So mm-hmm. 
I think I think you really could. But regardless of that, it really is like if you are going to take the time to make a black character, make a black character. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, just like race swap go, it. Go more than just change the skin tone, right? Because like, otherwise, really you're her. you're ruining the integrity of the original character. And I don't care when it was made. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Respect it. Move on. Let's make another character that's better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what you got to do. I'm so tired of just like it's it's just such a lazy way to do it. You look at Spider Verse. You look at Miles Morales. This is a fully fleshed out, amazing black character. This is what we yeah. need more of. And like, and his surrounding so cast is also diverse, exactly. right? It's not just yeah. him supplanted into this world. It's like a thing, but yeah, right. So well, and you see his interactions with you know all of the other Spider Man, and he is different because of various reasons, and those are one of them. Mm-hmm. And they they make mention of that. So like, that's the thing. Like, you want to talk about like real world issues and bring in like the actual struggles that come with being many different cultures, right? Like, this is how you do it, and this is how you have real conversations with it, and you put it into a medium that people can under, or especially, like, if you're aiming at children, that they can understand. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like that's the responsible way to do it. That's how it should be done, not just, you know, you know, changing the color and saying, there you go, there's your, your new black character for the year. It's so yeah. lazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just, at the end of the day, just, I was just, I really wish that they would have done one of the other sisters, because I was genuinely, like, what are their stories like why have we not heard anything about them i'm way more interested in that so yeah yeah. but anyways um let's go ahead and move on to the next next thing here so um oh in the news embracer to exploit lord of the rings explain to me this one okay yeah so i just put a quick snippet in here but Mm -hmm. so you remember i think we talked we might have talked about on the last cast it's been a while so again sorry for the the gap there there's been just like a ton going on like Mm -hmm. a lot of mismatch timing and then computer issues but we'll be back on a more regular schedule now um but there was that embracer lost that two billion dollar contract you read about that right yeah so they you know they had a gaming partnership they were working on a two million dollar deal two billion dollar deal so they were hedging a lot of their bets with, I think, some of these purchases and acquisitions that they've made recently on the fact that they had this $2 billion development contract. So that fell through. And and the CEO even said, like, this is a big problem for us because we were building our, you know, outlook for the next couple of years on this being part of our portfolio, Right. right. Because that influx of cash, even though they have to work against it, also helps them fund other things, obviously. Um, so right now, what they basically said is a lot of, you know, in development, but not yet re- revealed to the public projects are being shuttered. Um, people are saying there's going to be probably a wide swath of layoffs and even possibly some of the smaller studios getting closed. Um, they said that all currently announced games are still moving forward. There's no plans to axe any of them at this time, um, but they're gonna—they're basically shifting their focus of unannounced development to focus significant gaming effort into ex- what they called exploiting our IP ownership of Lord of the Rings. So that was an investor call, you know, board meeting where they basically told the board members, "Look, we've got this really strong IP. We paid a lot of money for it." We're going to refocus all of our development efforts outside of the, you know, the bigger studio stuff that we've already announced, like with Eidos and all that stuff. It's all going to be refocused to specifically make a butt ton of Lord of the Rings games. 
and mm-hmm. it, because we have strong IP behind it, so we don't have to generate new IP. We don't have to get people excited right. about. It. We just drop it. It says Lord of the Rings, and people haven't we have an it instant connection it to it. Right. It's a smart move. They're trying to recoup money, um, so they're going kind of with what they would consider to be closer to a sure thing. Um, and with like the IDOS Interactive purchase and some of those other projects that have already been announced, some of those have very strong IP behind them already. You know, with like Tomb Raider and stuff like that. So it makes sense to keep those open and they don't and the, those ones that have been announced are far enough in development that they don't feel like it's it's worth shuttering all that money they've already spent i think it's the stuff that was like maybe on the drawing board or things they were looking out like four or five years um that they're canning and switching all those development teams over to lord of the rings so right uh, cool we'll get some more lord of the rings games i hope it's not like um f- you know warhammer 40k games where you know 50 of them come out and only one of them is good a dozen, yeah. yeah so hopefully they don't go that route um and they come out which is weird because it, like amazon's doing a lord of the rings mmo so they can't even leverage that so yeah, i'm not exactly exactly. sure how that plays in but yeah yeah true true well i mean that's good to know at least um hopefully like you said it won't turn into a 40k scenario so mm-hmm. <laughs> um well, let's go ahead and move on to the gaming stuff now. So, we have Here, re- lots real quick. On the yeah, I was yeah. gonna say real quick. We have a there was a lot of showcases over the last like week and a half. So right now, I think we've got them. There's the Xbox showcase, the Ubisoft showcase, the PlayStation showcase. We're gonna see, I think, how far we can get in this episode on those, mm-hmm. um, and then if we we'll get save the rest for next if week. we're running at like past an hour or whatever. Uh, and we're just finishing up Ubisoft. We may do PlayStation next week or something like that. Um, but just want you guys to know we plan on covering all of it because there's a lot of really cool stuff. So, um, yeah. like a lot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There is a lot here that we're going to be going after. So just kicking it off, let's go ahead and start with the Diablo 4 um, mm-hmm. Fireside Chat that just happened today. So... First of all, obviously, it's been launched for a little bit now. We're both playing it. I have a level 60 character. You have a level 50 character. You're a barbarian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm a druid. Um, so what's your what's your thoughts been on it so far? Yeah, let's touch on two things about Diablo 4 before we dive into mm-hmm. the fireside chat. So obviously the game launched, and it has been... I to say it's not a massive success story for Blizzard would be an understatement. It's their yeah. biggest selling, fastest selling game ever. The amount of hours and play that's gone into this game in the last week have been ridiculous to say the least. They released some stats on it. Um, it was like billions of hours. You know, what I mean, it was just crazy the numbers that we saw. Right. Um, right. I have really enjoyed it. So far, I think from a gameplay perspective, it's got it's got so much right. I think there's obviously um, some things that could be improved here and there. Um, and the fireside chat today, in my opinion, was like I, I give the fireside chat a chef's kiss. Like, and we can get in that in a second. So save that for now. But for me, I really enjoyed my time with the game. I liked the story. The voice acting was good. I thought the plot was was good. I thought the environments were fun. I thought the, you know, the exploration was cool. It is cool. I think the map is huge. Um, you know, I still haven't even uncovered the whole thing. Like, I've been purposely doing, like, Lilith shrine hunts and going through and doing strongholds. 
I've done most of the dungeons that I need for my character, but not anything really past that yet. Um, so I still have probably, what, a hundred dungeons to do? <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's like, there's 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 not a lack of things to do. Um, and I think, I think, in my opinion, it's probably pretty close to everything that I wanted from a new Diablo game so far. Um, I do like, I will say the one thing that I do like is I do like the lack of sets right now. I like the individual legendaries having a little bit more weight than they did in D3, because towards the end of D3, it was like, you had a set, it was, you know, what, four to six pieces of your character, and then basically your rings and necklaces and your bracers were, uh, you know, legendaries, right? So mm-hmm. it was a lot less diversity. I think there's more stuff and mixing and matching you could do. And I'm sure we haven't even gotten to, like, the best iterations of some of the things yet. But um, the Paragon boards, I just unlocked them, seem pretty pretty cool um, so far. So, yeah, I, I'm really liking it. So that would be my take. I give it probably, like, a 9 out of 10 so far for me. Yeah, for, so for me, um, if you're playing Diablo on the, on the PC, I think it's great. Yeah, I'm playing on PC and Steam Deck. To make to make yeah. that clear, and it runs like a like, like so a well deck, on the yeah. Steam Deck. Oh god, it's so fun. I'm jealous. Um, Get one because yeah, I mean I I, I may have to, <laughs> but well let, let's just say so. Um, I've been playing it. I have really enjoyed like pre global launch when I had the seven days from the pre order. It was fin- it was really good. Everything felt great. Um, you know, dealing with the characters in this kind of dark environment, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It ramps up quick as far as, like, you know, how, like, the, the demand on your characters and the difficulty and everything like that. So that's felt much nicer than it did in the beta uh, a while ago. Um, so, yeah, I had, I had a really good time with it. But for me, I am playing on console. I'm on PS5. And let me tell you right now, it is a nightmare on PS5 you get so much lag literally since global launch i am lagging and rubber banding every five seconds i cannot walk in a straight line without experiencing some type of lag so it's it's really frustrating especially dealing with boss fights that require some nuance Uh, you know some do some don't but like for the ones that do where they can like you know take down your life like that like yeah. it's really frustrating. So yeah. that has been absolutely atrociously bad and it's gotten me very close to the point where I just want to throw my controller at the screen and quit. So that's how bad it is and that's saying a lot. So I wonder if that's I wonder where that actual issue lies because obviously you have to I go through know, the PlayStation it, network it and then get into the BattleNet. So they got to they they'll figure it out. But yeah, yeah. that's definitely. And it. it is not just me because it, it is it is a widely known issue. If you go on Reddit or anything like that, yeah, PS Five community is not happy. So, um, and it, it was all the same situation for them too. Like if you had it before global, worked like a dream. After global, terrible. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I did make it all the way up to 60, and uh, it was a struggle, especially at some points. But, um, yeah, I do think that there needs to be... There's plenty of room for tweaks, for some quality of life stuff. 
I do not like the whole system where you can only, and I'm not even sure if you know this or not, you probably do, but um, you can only imprint a uh, legendary onto an item once. Once you do that once, it's gone. You cannot take out that imprint. So it's now wasted. I don't yeah, you because like you can't get it out of the yeah, so you can't right. like continually just can't, delete like if you get a perfect one, you can't like use it and then bring it out and then use it on a higher item level one and, and move it right. around. Which to me feels terrible. I don't know why I can't do that. If I spent the time getting it and it makes it makes leveling up really dangerous because I don't want to I it's put me in this weird point where like I'm having to use legendaries and make them fit into builds that don't make any sense because I'm afraid to imprint them on things mm-hmm. because I don't want to lose that imprint. And there's so many legendaries that like it can take forever to find another legendary drop. Yeah, I, I think I think to I think that um I I definitely think that that can suck. I agree with that. Yeah, and um, I, I just don't understand why like what what would be I so do. bad about that. I do. I what? I understand why. So Tell me why. So the reason is is that you can't like hit like a perfect roll mm-hmm. really early, and then just mm-hmm. con- and then just basically keep a perfect. You can't just keep that legendary forever. It's just like why not? In, well, because it, in like the whole why idea. Why is that bad? I mean, well, it's bad because once you hit one legendary once, you never have to farm another copy, which has never been the case for any Diablo game, is if you want the higher item level one, you need to find the higher level item one. If you want the one with the perfect rolls, you have to find the one with the perfect rolls. And then, if you find it before you're at the end game, you need to find another one later. What they've done with the imprint system is give you an opportunity to kind of fill in the gaps um to to get a build online but it's not intended to give you the optimal build right until you're Mm -hmm. at the very end so if you think about it this way if you go well i'm not going to do that till i'm like level 80 right i'm not going to do my imprints until i'm 80 on these really nice ones and until then i'll just use the codex of power so if you found so for me like if i found codex of power doesn't cover all of them it doesn't cover all of them. That's correct, but it, the majority of the ones that I've seen that are like super core primary to the to a build mm-hmm. are are in the Codex of Power. It's <coughs> there's the, tons more that are not. There are plenty right that are not. Half of yeah. my Whirlwind build is not in the Codex of Power, exactly, but yeah. the ones that you have to have to just bring the build online are. So, like to me, the system that they put in place is really nice. I, I like it. Because it allowed, like, before, like, if I'm playing D3 and I don't get that, uh, you know, Dust Devil weapon, I'm I'm fucked. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't play Whirlwind build, right? If I don't get that last set piece, I just can't run the Whirlwind build, period. At least here, you know, the, the I can just go run a dungeon real quick. I'm guaranteed to get that Codex of Power drop, even though it's not a perfect roll, right? It's the lowest power. But I can at least play. And I, I think it's... I think what they tried to do for you was say, you find this weapon once, we'll mm-hmm. let you move it up one, we'll let you move it up to a higher item level once. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. just saying, go fuck yourself. Like, you found it once, go find it again. And I think I think the idea is that it offsets what you said, which is there's a ton of legendaries to find. Um, 
But well, I also know they're changing the loot tables to make um, your class legendaries drop more often and to reduce your chance of finding other class legendaries, which might help you out as well, fix some of the issues that you're feeling, especially for druids. Because I well, know it doesn't happen that much that, that I'm getting that I'm getting barb yeah. stuff. It just happens very occasionally. But yeah. this this is why I completely disagree. I have gotten so many legendary drops, right? And I there's still I have a minority of of what I could get as mm-hmm. far as the diversity of them, right? I have so many duplicates. It's crazy of of a lot of them that are absolutely useless to me and are just generally considered not not great. Mm-hmm. But really like what it is is that if I if I get a perfect drop now, I'm having to just hold on to it till the very end. I'm not going to use it because it's a perfect drop. So I will in in essence only be using that perfect drop one time. But it's just making me feel really bad the entire time because I'm having to wait till 100 to use it. Oh yeah, I see. It make for me, I wouldn't do that because the item hunt is why I'm playing the game but, anyway. But this is, but this is so. the point: is that like in, like, I am only going to have that perfect. I will have that one perfect roll, right? And I will end up eventually using it. That will be my one perfect roll for whenever I, I get up there. Is there really that much harm in having it? all the way up whenever you've spent the entire time farming for it. Like, I think it feels terrible to have that sitting there and I can't use it until I'm at level 100. That feels so bad when I, because it, you don't get perfect rolls a lot. And so it feels, it feels really bad. If I would, if I would be able to have been imprinting that throughout items, and especially since you go through items so fast, so imprinting new uh, imprinting legendaries on anything feels terrible because you know it's going to go away in like two levels. So I think it it literally makes it anti fun for me to not be able to use that until level one hundred. It's literally just keeping my hard work away from me for no reason. It would effectively change nothing except make me happier if I could use that earlier. And like I said, I, after all this time of playing and having literally probably seventy legendaries. I have only three perfect rolls, and I can't use any of them. And I have only imprinted stuff. I haven't imprinted stuff since I've learned the imprinting issue, which I learned at, like, level 20. I have not imprinted stuff since then because I'm afraid to imprint stuff because then I lose it because I'm going to be switching stuff out constantly. So it, it makes legendaries useless. What ends up happening is that you end up using a legendary that kind of fits a build it's really like a hodgepodge of legendaries that have the highest um damage or armor to them and they kind of do things to you so you end up with this really crappy build that's all over the place and then you're and then you're kind of stuck using that stuff and just grabbing whatever you can so at no point does it feel good until you hit level 60 where you can actually get ancestral gear and it becomes a lot harder to level and then you can kind of put in really crappy stuff, but you know that you have to put in your crappy stuff and not your good mm-hmm. stuff because you're you're now probably two months away from being able to use your good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess no I guess difference. The, I guess the thing is, is like if you're telling me you're, it's going to take you two months if you get that drop, and it's going to take you two months before you can you can imprint it on something you care about, then I would just imprint it because in the next two months, you're, you're talking about a week. You've been farming that legendary for a week. 
and you've already gotten some perfect rolls. Think about how many perfect rolls no, you're going to have in months. Three, three perfect rolls yeah. though. This, so this, it's been right, a, but you're, many, but you're going to see an app, since launch. Right, but it, how, not even how many one weeks since launch. Though? Not even one. It's been no, a week. No, 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 no. For pre-orders, a week and four days. Not okay, even two so, weeks. It hasn't even been okay. two weeks yet. Let's so, just say. But let's your, just say your, half. Your let's just say of, half a month. Yeah, but your intake of legendaries is going to grow astronomically as you continue to level. Once you're in world tier, no, I would say it comes it comes out about as as often, like through all the way through up. So, like since I've been like level twenty, well, yeah, but you're not in world tier four yet, right? I am in world tier four. You are in world tier four, and you're just like speed clearing dungeons with no problem. No, I'm not. I'm not speed clearing dungeons. If if anything, I would say that I'm getting them slower now because I can't speed clear like I was earlier. Right, so that's the thing is like you know, you might be, you know, that that's where the the nuance of like when is the right time to go up a world tier and all that stuff goes in. But I think the but the, your, stronger the experience you become, difference is is dramatic because you're looking at one hundred versus two hundred percent. So you're I'm still leveling up faster, going slowly. Yeah. In in world tier four, but. But my legendary, my the amount of legendaries that I have also dropped dramatically. Right, but they'll go that. back up. They'll go back of, up eventually. I mean, I it's, think it'll it, even out. I, I think it's going to buff out. Is the world territory? I see what you're saying. But yeah. my point is, is just like it. It literally, it literally would do nothing if they just made me imprint. I can imprint however long. Like yeah. make it take resources. That's fine. But it, it literally would affect nothing. All that means is that I could take my good gear that I farm for, and I could use it all the way up. And and imprinted on new things and all that kind of stuff. And there's also need for duplicates. Like I have multiple things that I have builds for. I want to have four different builds at the end of the day. Some of them will require duplicates. So I will want duplicates of perfect roles. So there's definitely reasons why you want more. And whenever there's like 50 different legendaries and you're getting dupes most of the time, it feels bad. It just feels bad. So, Hopefully that changes. Honestly, I think that that is going to be a quality of life change that we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see updates. I mean, so the Diablo Fireside chat talking about quality of life. Mm -hmm. You know, the the chat that they had today. They they it's this new thing. They came up with it. Like Rod Ferguson said a tweet about it, and they decided to do it. Um, They're calling it like they're calling it the Fireside chat. It is not a developer diary or developer update. It is a we're going to sit down um, and talk about upcoming stuff and answer community questions that we've seen like really blow up um, and just kind of give people a heads up of what we hear and what we're doing. So um, I know you haven't watched it yet, but um, I, I think they did a fantastic job. I think they hit the two most, I think they hit two of the biggest things that people have been freaking out about um, for, for seasons which was um, well, the two big things that they hit. They hit. They talked about the gem bag idea, right? So everyone's been pissed off about their gem, the gem thing, and they're just like, "Oh, just give me a gem tab, right?" I, I, have you seen that conversation? Yeah. So, so they announced that they are doing something with the gems, but they're like, "We're not going to do a gem tab," and like chat blew up, right? And then they said, "Here's what we are going to do." You know how you have that limit list doesn't take any inventory at all, no tab, no nothing, materials Mm -hmm. thing? They're going to move all the gems to be a crafting material. So there's no stacks, there's no management, it's just you pick up a gem and it becomes a number in a list. It becomes an unlimited resource. You don't have to worry about 
having them in your inventory when you go to upgrade gems like it becomes like a nothing burger so you don't even because they're like if we give you a tab and then you buy all these you get all these gems they're still taking up inventory and that tab won't be infinite or you want to put them in you, you know you've got gems in your bank we don't want you to have to waste storage space in your in your bank of gems so we're going to just completely move them out of your inventory we've heard you it's a good idea this is how we're going to do it so they said because they're taking it to that level it's going to take a little longer to finish but that's what they're going to do and the chat was like it was all w's right everybody was super stoned so like to me that's a, a way of them going we hear you but we're going to even do it better we're going to make it completely irrelevant to your inventory and not waste any of your space and that's the type of stuff that i think is like when i said chef's kiss it's like you're understanding the user experience problem and the quality of life issue and you're coming up with a permanent long-term won't have to do it again solution do you know what i mean which i mm -hmm. think is really smart um the other thing they did went really deep into was um seasons uh and um you know, everyone was in like, well, am I going to have to redo all, regrind all the renown and regrind all the map and reget all my uh, statues of Lilith, right? So mm -hmm. what they've said is, no, you won't. Um, they're going to have all of the renown that you've gathered from your non-seasonal run will come over. So when you start your character, you'll be given the um, the renown, but your map will be fogged. And you'll have to run through it, but you won't you, because they because they basically said you get a lot of experience for uncovering the map, right? And they don't want you to just like log in and get all the experience for a fully uncovered map because it would give you like tons of levels. They want you to still have to go get your levels, but you'll start with all your bit bonus potion slots, all your bonus stats from your statues of Lilith, all your bonus skill points. So when you open your character, if you've gone and gotten all the skill points, you know you're gonna have all those skill points to immediately apply to your level one character, which is a big deal, right? That's going to make you way more powerful off the jump to just start with a bunch of skills. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think they're going about it the right way. Um, and what they said is on top of that, not only are we going to do that for seasons, but that's going to be for your alts too. So once this update goes live where this happens, then your alts, when you make an alt, they will automatically have all the renown and all the statues of Lilith. So you don't have to regrind your renown. Um, the statues of Lilith already carry over, but they're making it so the renown and the map stuff carries over to your new characters as well, which is really cool, I think. Um, right. To take it, again, they've, they've taken it a step further. We're not just going to do it for seasons. We're going to do it for your alts because we understand that's not what you want to be doing. You want to be running dungeons. You want to be getting gear. You don't want to be like running around in circles trying to do, you know, you know, uncover all this stuff to try and, you know, get an extra skill point. So... Um, they also said they have a really big content patch coming that's going to have a bunch of uh, balance changes, but this time it's going to be more buffs than nerfs. Um, and they did like kind of talk a little bit about buffing versus nerfing and um, like having to pick and choose based on like, okay, well, this cat class is an outlier. This one class is an outlier. So we can either bring that class in line with everything else, right? So that's mm -hmm. one class that gets brought down, or we can raise up four classes and have to update monsters and dungeons and all that stuff. So sometimes it's an, an issue of it's a lot less work and balance to just bring a character down in line with the rest than to buff 
everything, right? To be in line with this outlier. But they said, okay, so we've nerfed everything, and now we're going to look at that performance again, and we, we've already got buffs in line. This new content path is going to have buffs in it for a lot of the characters to kind of raise them all up a little bit now. So, you know, but they said that's coming um, before season one starts, that patch. Right. So, yep. Yeah, no, there there is lots to like there. There's still some things I wish that they would address, but hopefully they will, you know, in the coming times, but... Yeah, overall, like it's still looking very promising, so that's good. Yeah, um, they talked about uh, they're gonna inc- they're gonna make nightmare dungeons more better, right? So more experience, right, right. better drops, so that there's a reason to do them instead of speed running regular dungeons and stuff. So they're they're looking to smooth out that transition in end game and 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 kind of make all activities have value, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nightmare right now is just I kind of very brief stepping stone to getting over to torment so um but yeah that that is good news so let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here so uh big big thing that just came out was the fable trailer well we're in the xbox showcase let's start there (laughs) oh we're gonna well okay yeah we're in xbox showcase territory yeah so the next batch of stuff is all from the xbox yeah tons of stuff really Mm -hmm. interesting stuff First one being, and I would say that this is probably like one of the biggest, bigger reveals of the bunch. Oh yeah, for sure, hundred um, percent. Was the Fable trailer? Mm-hmm. So I've been waiting for a Fable for an incredibly long time. So I was super pumped whenever I first, or whenever I first. Yeah, saw you're a massive Fable, trailer Fable came fan. Out. Yeah. Um, that being said, I did not. Now, I don't know all of what's going to happen, but. One thing I I saw whenever I saw it was like or I thought whenever I saw it was just that oh god they've changed the formula. That was the first thing in my mind. Because you know, they kind of have like this funny, like a little goofy trailer, and I wasn't sure what to make of that, and then you see this this woman come around and it, it looks like an Unreal Engine scenario playing out. And before in all the other fable games it is much more of a kind of um whimsical kind of fairy tale aesthetic to it and there's aspects of this world that i think relate to that but the engine itself is like straight up unreal engine it looks like so i am now very iffy on that like even the difference of the werewolves from before to now they look like a much more serious and and kind of crazy werewolf so i i don't know like there's just stark differences for me there and then you find out in the end of the trailer you're in like it's a world of giants that you're inside of which makes no sense to me i don't know where that is coming from but that's not the fable i know at all so i don't even know where that would fit in the world that they've created so i guess what i'm worried about is what are we looking at? Is it really a fable game or is it just like a brand new take on a fantasy game that they slapped the term fable on and, um, you know, we're just going to roll with it. Or is it actually a well thought of game and it runs in the fable line and we just don't have enough context to make sense of it yet. So everything's very up in the air, but honestly, like, and I'm not the only one that shares this outlook. Mm -hmm. It has been getting a lot of the same attitude. Um, 
probably even angrier than than me. I'm not angry about it. I'm just more like like concerned. Oh my God, I, I yeah, concerned. Yes, exactly. So that that's my take on it. What is what is your take? So I played some Fable. I I don't think I was as as you know big of a Fable nut as I would say you are. Few but people I didn't are. Enjoy yeah. the game. What? Few few people are. Yeah. But so. I agree with what you're saying. I think, I think so. I have an inherent issue with the Unreal Engine in that it makes all games kind of start to look the same unless you take yes. the time to really create a visual style on top of the Unreal Engine. If you're just like, oh, cool, it looks like correct, looks like real people. You know, like there was that they used. Well, I forget the freaking actor's name in the trailer, but the the character, the, you know, he's playing a giant, and the giant looks like literally exactly like the real exactly. person, right? It's like yes. a perfect replica. They did a great job modeling him like like I knew exactly who it was the second that he they showed his face before he op- even opened his mouth and started talking I knew mm-hmm. who that guy was right and then he started yes. talking I was like this is like uncannily well done right yes exactly um I thought that the player character when they started talking about like the high cheekbones and the you know some of the things the comedic stuff, I thought that the player character had a little bit more of that style that I think you're after in that. But then you have this mismatch, right? Where you have this super hyper-realistic Unreal Engine character that looks like a real person, and then you have this, you know, hero that's kind of slightly, um, you know, like, over-proportionalized to meet that kind of fable aesthetic. I think for me, the the talking and the comedy and the that kind of stuff, which is part of what Fable was as well, yes, was definitely. there. There's a very so big comedic line to it. I get the feeling. I it felt like Fable, but it didn't look like Fable, and I think that's might be some of the things that's got you worried too. Is that it needs to have a visual aesthetic that goes with that whimsical, like when they when she like drop kicked the chicken, right? It's like okay, you guys well, understand the throwback. you understand the legacy, yeah. right? Like, do they though? I well, that's I what don't you necessarily hope. agree with that. I that's hope that's what that you they hope. Do. That's what yeah. you hope. So, so when I saw those little nods to things that were like very much part of the fable experience, mm-hmm. right? You have hope. So, can they take the feedback from the? From the from the hardcore Fable fan, and not make this just another generic RPG game, fantasy RPG, yeah, fantasy RPG. I think that's yeah. the trick. As as that's, they transition into this newer generation, can they keep what made Fable Fable alive without it losing it to the genericized Unreal Engine? Yeah, and and so that's the thing. Like, if you go back and like look at even like the the cinematic trailer for Fable Three, right? Because cinematics are obviously far better than gameplay um then especially so um like if you go back and look at that like that would probably put it on par with gameplay today and just the styles are are just very different like even like the the gloves are chunky right unrealistic the the boots are the proportions it's unrealistic proportions right exactly and and so that kind of gives it that fairy tale aesthetic and Mm -hmm. everything's just exaggerated here it is very much Unreal Engine style, just as you said, perfect human proportions, and so that is that is the troublesome territory. Yeah, and yes, those points that you made because there there was a few things that were absolute odes to the original Fable series, and that is what concerns me. Is it feels to me like it's a game trying to emulate what Fable was, 
but make it f- for the trailer's sake, but it's just going to end up being the generic mishmash that yeah. it looks like it may be. Yeah. So, like, is it really a team of heart and soul of Fable believers, or is it someone just trying to exploit the IP title? So, mm-hmm. and only time will tell on that, but I got to say, like, what I saw, I really just didn't, like, instantly, I, I felt... I had a crushing feeling in my gut, so it did not feel it did not feel good. It was one of my most beloved franchises that I've literally been checking like on YouTube, like every single six months, probably even mm-hmm. before we got the the PS Five. I'm sorry, the uh, Xbox trailer two years ago. So like it's it's been a long ride for me. So I really hope that it, but we'll see. Anyways, time will tell. Let's all pray. Um, moving on to the next game here. Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Mm-hmm. This game looks... And y'all know my take on Cyberpunk, but I really loved Cyberpunk the anime, right? Cyberpunk ended up kind of turning it around. They did some good stuff mm-hmm. to combat that horrific, horrific beginning they had. Yeah, for sure. But, Especially um, on consoles. Yeah, I mean, I would say absolutely unethical game behavior on mm-hmm. consoles um but this looks really really cool yeah it and does and i am very excited to actually give it a go and i'm sure that they've learned their lesson now so yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to give it another chance this looks awesome yeah i mean and even and even in the things that i read um because they there was a lot of further discussion about cyberpunk outside of just the trailer drop they even brought up like the they're making significant changes to how like you know cybernetic upgrades work and the pros and the cons and the bonuses and the negatives and and kind of looking at some of the things that were in the anime and bringing that into the game like the trauma team and and some of that other stuff but Mm -hmm. they're going to make those changes stretch back all the way right so so those changes to the to the to that to those systems will stretch all the way through the entire game um and and there will be a lot of that stuff that will go back through the whole game that you won't even have to buy the expansion to get. So like if like I haven't played through Cyberpunk yet. So if I wait until this drops and then buy Cyberpunk and and play it, I will get all those quality of life improvements as part of my regular Cyberpunk experience, which is cool. That's very nice that they didn't lock that behind. At least that's how I understood it. Um but then the new story is supposed to be really really good. Um, from what it looks like. And they I actually read an interesting article where they talked about um, the difference in how they wrote um, Johnny Silverhand, which is Keanu Reeves' character, versus right. the character that Idris Elba is playing, where they had already written Johnny Silverhand and then gone out and cast him, whereas Idris Elba, they got Idris Elba and then wrote the character specifically for him. So they right. said they were able to nuance the character acting a lot more towards Idris Elba and who he is and how he acts and everything. So they think they think it's going to be an even better performance overall, which I think is like hell yeah, sweet, good job. Right. Um, but yeah, I so that agree. I think there's a lot of hype behind this one, and like you said, I think it does have that Cinderella story similar to No Man's Sky, where it's like shitty launch, but they really stepped up and 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 got it together in the long run. Yeah. Um, and turned it into something really good, and they're gonna just only make it better with this expansion. So, yeah, I think this one looks good. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very excited to to do it. Um, 
yeah, just I just you know hope they stick to their new ways, not their old. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, next big game, Starfield. Um, we got the new trailer uh, ahead of direct. So I, I've never been a big follower of Starfield, but I gotta say, I looked at the trailer, looking pretty good. Yes, pretty it is. good. What yeah. about you? Oh yeah, I mean this is yes. Is this like right up your alley? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, Skyrim in space, let's go. Um, I'm not mad at it. Uh, it was given off some, um, like, Mass Effect meets Skyrim vibes. There was some really interesting stuff there. Um, the graphics looked, you know, pretty good. The gameplay looks like it's going to be really, really good. Um, you know, they they have a direct coming, so I don't want to dig too deep into this ahead of that because that direct is going to be huge. But, you know, we do know it's a Game Pass day one um, because it's a Bethesda game. And, I mean, I think I think the hype train is just going to get faster and faster on this one as it gets closer to launch. So, Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm definitely going to play it because, I mean, why wouldn't I? Because um, you're a dumbass. No, <laughs> that, that may be why. Um, but, yeah, so it looks really cool. Definitely going to give it a, a go. I was not as interested in it until I saw this. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this really kind of changed my tune on it. Um, let's go ahead and look at the next thing here. So, uh, Avowed. This was, once again, another game that I didn't really... I wasn't really following, but it looks really cool. That you know, Like, it has that... I love games that have, um, like, first-person spellcasting to it. Ever since I played Bioshock, I'm in love with that kind of stuff. So... Um, or or uh, Skyrim, you know. It's another great example. Um, the Elder Scrolls series. So... But this one looks really cool. I'm not sure how it's going to be in actual gameplay, though. I feel like it, it looks really fun in the trailer, but I need to see like some real gameplay. Like, how fluid is it? Anything like that. What about you? Yeah, so... Um, uh, Avowed is by Obsidian. It's their... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're very well beloved. You know, they get did the I feel like they did Morrowind, right? And they did yeah. um, Fallout New Vegas, um, which are both fantastic uh, games. They made big hitters, um, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and they've always been kind of this subsidiary of Bethesda, right? So this is their game, right? Mm-hmm. But you can see a lot of you know Fallout and and Morrowind in it. So I'm pretty hyped for it um, because the thing I, I really like about Obsidian's games is you get a lot of the things that you get in like you know Skyrim and 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 like Fallout and stuff, but they seem to be tighter to me, right? Less bloat. Um, like New Vegas was like, in my opinion, was like amazing. I love that game. I beat that game. I I couldn't put that game down. Fallout 3, I kept just kind of, like, wandering and, like, putting the game down and then picking it back up a few... You know what I mean? Like, I never really... Mm-hmm. And Fallout 3 was fantastic, don't get me wrong. But there's something about the way that Fallout New Vegas was structured that kept me moving a lot more than... So, and I think it's because there's a little bit more structure to their open world than then the whole like just drop you in and good luck have fun look at all those points on your map and then you'll never get to the end of the game um so i'm interested to see it yeah yeah i'm right there with you on that um next big one here and this one is probably one of the more interesting ones that we've seen mm-hmm. um lies of p Pi. so yeah p yeah yeah it's p um 
this one is all about Pinocchio. This is that we, we've talked about it before, but it's mm-hmm. like the very um, what is it? Cyberpunky, Bl- bloodline, Steam, bloodborne, Steam, steampunk. Yeah, Steam, steampunk. Um, even anime-ish uh, mm-hmm. kind of scenario of Pinocchio. So really, I mean, super imaginative right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they made it look so epic. I've never thought of myself as saying, I want to be Pinocchio, but yeah. my God. And this Damn, thing, Pinocchio, I Pinocchio looks like a badass. <laughs> exactly. It so looks they have, awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, I've I've seen this um, actually played around on, on TikTok a bit. Like, I guess there's some beta floating around. Well, F, I don't know, you know, F, I mean, you know FG3000. I mean, he did a, yeah. he's play, he's got a video up on his channel where he played, he's got, like, some gameplay he played. He's already it. gone through it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and yeah. It, it, he was like, wow, this is, wow, this is way better mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. It's, it's like, basically this crazy steampunk Dark Souls-y game. Yeah. You know I mean, it's got that very Dark Souls vibe. The combat looks really cool, the... The world, like the world building, looks neat. The the um, the style, like the style of the art and the graphics, yes. looks really cool. It's super dark, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, dark souls, right? Is, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so like, it's a souls like. It's it's very it's and the combat is very uh, a bloodborne kind of scenario. So mm-hmm. it it feels good. I am just super pumped to play this game, man. Like, yeah, it looks every really time good. I see more stuff come out about it, I'm like, holy cow! I am about to full on play a Pinocchio game because <laughs> mm-hmm. this thing looks epic. And so, like the way they do they do combat and the customization, like utilizing his his puppetry, basically. Like, I mean, it really really cool stuff. So, um, soup. This is this is like, how should I say? Stuff like this always brings me hope in video games because I'm like, these kind of drastically different takes on things that we've already seen a thousand times mm-hmm. makes it like all worth it you know what i mean like it's just brilliant yeah, it's ideas. like when you get that that an rpg that does something really different yes but exactly. still found but still has a foundation in something in the past well it's just like we're not this almost even goes back to the little mermaid it's just like we're not getting the same exact thing that we get every single time. Like this is drastically different, right? Yeah, yeah. entirely the core, different. The core story is something that we like, but it's a new, new way exactly. to look at that core. A new, yeah. a new tale, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, just really, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. So definitely look it up. Um, September nineteenth is whenever it comes out. So just prepare yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, next game, Clockwork Revolution. Um, you you wrote down on here give serious Bioshock vibes and I one thousand percent agree with that. Bioshock there's a, there's Infinite. a big yeah there's a big argument mm-hmm. where like people were really like digging on them basically saying like no this is not okay like um, what yeah you've gone you know it's too it looks too much like Bioshock and I, in my head I'm going well dude Bioshock is just like steampunk dude like like it, chill exactly. out like Bioshock bit all you know. That style of art has been around way before Bioshock. It's just Bioshock, especially Bioshock Infinite. Um, exactly. Yeah. It looks. It's very Bioshock Infinite, which that is, wasn't even their original style. Like, I mean, yeah. So like, yeah. I, I feel like that um, that argument does not have a yeah. like to stand. I mean, on. It, listen, if it's a good game and it's got a good story, I mean, the time travel aspect of it looks freaking cool. Um, if you can give me Bioshock Infinite with a little Chrono Trigger, I'm in. Like, let's go. Well, and, like, here's the thing is that, like, I mean, I loved, loved. I liked the Bioshock series way more than most people, I would say. No, Bioshock and, was awesome. I mean, I'm a System Shock guy. I played System yeah. Shock when it came out. Like, Well, and so 
my, my point being is just that like I I wanted more and more and more Bioshock but obviously it never came we don't know if it ever is going to come even if it was a copy off of it I'm all for it because I'm like I want like no one's picking it up where it left yeah, off yeah I want to play in I mean? that type of yeah, world like, again give yeah. me more so I don't care what anyone says about that <laughs> like I, I will I am super glad whenever I saw this I was like as a massive fan of Bioshock I was like hell yes yeah um but I didn't. I will say, like, just as far as differences are concerned, though, like, yeah, it has definitely that same vibe to it as Infinite did, one thousand percent, which is great. But um, you know, it doesn't have like, I mean, like the big thing with Bioshock was the um, plasmids, and I don't really see. I don't know what degree, like, you know, magic is playing in this. Yeah. You know, I, we see some some crazy looking weapons utilizing some different kind of functionalities. We see some time travel ish like stuff but like i'm not seeing like crazy plasmids all over the place and that was really bioshocks yeah that was their thing yeah so um yeah so i mean like yeah this is definitely like different but i mean i I am i am all for this aesthetic so 100 percent bring this thing on Mm -hmm. it's looking good it's looking solid um i'm I'm assuming you 1000 percent agree with that oh hell yeah let's go all right um going on to the next thing here persona 5 tactics so this is Persona Five, but it is a you know tac- the classic tactics version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I gotta say like looks good. I would love to play it, but it's not coming out on mobile. And this is a game that I feel like would literally be best played on mobile. Instead, it's coming out on all the consoles and, P- and PC. So for me, this is like I'm glad they're doing it, but it's a gigantic miss. I think. Well, I think. Um, I mean, I think it's following in the footsteps of you know uh, your Fire Emblems and your you know Final Fantasy Tactics in that regard, in that it's going to be like a big AAA console, you know, no microtransaction kind of thing. Um, you're I think closing it would be, off a gigantic player base. I feel. Like I know. I, I I I feel like it would make a cool mobile port, but I I don't know. They have, would have to figure out a way to do it and sell it. Like this would be mobile first for me over anything yeah. else. Personally. Now these guys aren't going to do a free to play game. Atlas Atlas doesn't. They tried yeah. it, I think, with this guy, and it was like an epic failure. So they just I don't know if they're going to go into that market again. They did a Disgaea that was mobile only, mm-hmm. right? And it it did not do well. Um, yeah. so I don't know if, well, if they're going like, well, do we want to try that again and have, and tarnish our persona franchise or do we want to just release it on consoles? I think it's going to be do fine. I think the issue is, and th- this is kind of something that some people have brought up is that they've gone with like kind of a chibi the art chibi style, style. Yeah, and that's where you and I both go, well, that looks like a mobile game. Mobile. Yep. Because exactly. if it wasn't on mobile then why is they why are they doing simplified chibi graphics if they weren't aiming for mobile so either it was a game that was originally going to be on mobile and then they decided to put it on console because of what happened with the sky game or they just want it to look different than the regular game so you don't confuse anything you've seen from tactics with the actual persona franchise like the mainline persona games which i can understand that as well um but I think I think what's going to end up happening is that 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 art style is going to be a bone of contention with this thing. Well, yeah. So that that's one. What I was going to say afterwards was that like the chibi style is not befitting of a of a console game for Persona. Like the second I saw chibi, I was like, this. Okay, so it's coming on mobile, and then it has you know application 
to use it on Xbox, you know, kind of like how, like, you know, Genshin has console versions to it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, now that then I, I saw the list of consoles and mobiles and listed, I'm like, well, this is just dumb now because I've went from, oh, I can't wait to play this on mobile to, yeah, I'm not spending money to play this thing mm-hmm. on on console. I'm not going to bother with that. So, yeah, yeah um, I honestly hope more people follow in suit on that and then they just release it on mobile and then I can do a big I told you so on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so moving on to the uh, the next thing here, um, Fallout seventy six. Uh, we have the Atlantic City um, expansion. People, I'm sure, are super excited to see this expansion come out because I mean, Fallout obviously has a massive player base, and they've been wanting something new. So, um, are you? Do you play Fallout seventy six or no? So I, I bought Fallout seventy six and I played it a bit. I, I I ran around with Chewburger a couple times. Um, yeah, and then. And then I, I stopped because it was boring. Um, and then they released all the update with the NPCs, and I went back, and it was a bajillion times better with the NPCs added back in and the quest lines added to it. So I think they did a really good update there. And apparently they announced in this trailer for this expansion that they have 15 million players. Um, wow. Which I don't know if that's, like, total sales or, like unique accounts ever or I mean I doubt that's their active player base but still it's a big number um so they have a blue moon update coming June 20th uh which is just an update but then this is a full on like where you go to a whole new area in Atlantic City so yeah I think I I had no idea that the the community and the game and the player base was thriving enough for them to be to develop a full blown expansion for this so I'm just I'm kind of glad to see that it's it's continued on. Um, I'll probably go check it out again at some point. It's just one of those things where it's like I don't really have the time for like an open world sandboxy game like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, because I still you know like I still got to finish my Witcher three and I got Persona five I want to play and I still got to do Tears of the Kingdom and you know what I mean like my list of big huge super involved games is growing but my steam deck is giving me access to those again so right right right. well yeah i can't i can't tout how much awesomeness is in my steam deck like that thing is like the coolest shit ever buy one it's worth it (laughs) oh of course yeah well there's um i mean tons of people like i said that are waiting to do that i know chewburger is dying to to play this in it so Fallout 76 has never been my series so I, I think I'll be, will probably be joining you and maybe play it but probably not but mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's coming out for all those people that you know love that IP so yeah um, that that's good to know uh, moving on Sea of Thieves Monkey Island so Sea of Thieves obviously massive game for the Xbox been going on for a really long time has had tons of different kind of crossover expansions most recently yeah. being uh, Pirates of the Caribbean um, now Monkey Island which if if my video game history serves me correctly, was like one of the original games. Like yeah, it was games, an original right? Lucas Arts point click adventure game. Guybrush Threepwood. It is hilarious. If you haven't ever played it, it is definitely worth running through. They did a um, they did a read a remake of it. It was but it wasn't really a remake. It was like a remaster where they basically took the exact game. Built, rebuilt, you know, 
brought it up to run and then put a fresh coat of paint on it, right? Like a new graphics engine, but it was one of those ones kind of similar to D2R where you could press a button and it would show you the original DOS graphics. So, it was, you know, so the, the, the new game wasn't like, oh, we made it 3D. It was like right. literally the original game. It's, it, I love Monkey Island. Monkey okay. Island, like that was like so hey, Monkey Island, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, all those old adventure games, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are you so. going to get into Sea of Thieves for that or no? I played Sea of Thieves quite a bit uh, when it first came out, and I've gone back here and there um, for expansions. So I guess it'll kind of depend if the guys that I used to play Sea of Thieves with play it, because that game is way more fun when you're running with a crew, because it That's can be just heard, super yeah. fun uh, PvP in that game. But Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then that's good to know. If you do play, I would definitely join in on that because like I don't have any friends that that play that game, and I had a PlayStation whenever that game did come out, so I didn't really I didn't have the Xbox, so um, I kind of missed out there. But um, does look good though from the trailer. I'm sure tons of people are going to be all up in this. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the other, probably the biggest, I would say reveal that we've had so far which is star wars outlaws mm-hmm. this was new massive. star wars game always looking good and this thing looks incredible like uh-huh. man have you seen the gameplay walkthrough oh yeah i watched the gameplay video oh, holy crap boy them graphics though it, um, looked, it looked good man wow. and of course people I just I can't deal with gamers anymore. By the way, like the bullshit that we're dealing with already with this game, like oh wait, just what's got, happened? I didn't hear about any. Oh, dude, people are like freaking out that it's a girl. Like, oh my god, they're like losing their fucking minds that your main character is a girl. I love like, it. It's a new character. Like, get the fuck over it. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> like, and dude, did you see her partner? The the um yes the fucking the, assassin the little, droid, like the yeah, repurposed yeah. assassin droid. I was like. Hell yeah! Like some of the mm-hmm. best designs out of Clone Wars. Like sweet, let's oh, let's freaking yeah. go. And the time the time period that this in is like, again, Chef's Kiss between Empire and Jedi, right? So, right. the Empire took, you know, a big loss. Um, you know what I mean? But at the same, you know, by losing the Death Star, it's before Death Star Two, but. They're basically on the rise again. Han Solo's MIA. Luke is out doing his... You know what I mean? Like So, like, all the big players... Then the Rebellion is, like, kind of sh- scattered about after all the stuff that happened in Empire, right? Um, so, it's before they... So, the, the Empire is strong and thriving, you know, at possibly the one of the heights of its power, right? So, you have to deal with that, but then you're also an outlaw, and they mention the syndicate, and they mention the huts, and the this, and that. It's just like, mm, if they do this right, this could be amazing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. This thing looks astounding. I can't wait. Like, there's, there's one thing that came up from this, and it's not a critique on this, because I think that this looks insanely good. I'm so hyped for this. I love the character design. Um, like, I think she looks great. Yeah, she looks like a super interesting character from from what we've seen from the you know open world gameplay walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she looks like a compelling character. So, like, I'm I'm really interested to, to hear the story there. Um, but the one thing that this is, it's just got me hungry for for another game, which is just I, I really want. Like, I'm missing. 
Um, the what? What was it called? The MMO for Star Wars. What is that? The Old Republic. The Old Republic. I want. I want a new updated game like that with these kind of graphics, where I can get some multiplayer on. I can make my own character. I can be a Jedi. You know, like I'm. I'm really like I'm hankering for that now more than ever because whenever I first saw like the title of Star Wars Outlaws, I was like, Is this it? Is this what I'm going to be getting? And I got this instead, which is not, you know, it's not bad at all. Like this is this is a, looks amazing, so I don't want to take away from that. But I, I'm just saying, I'm I want something like that to be coming out. And yeah. I well, did you we play have... the new um, Cal Kestis game? I forget the yeah. name of the new one. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, but that once again, that's great. But it doesn't doesn't scratch the itch that I was talking about. Yeah. Well, you heard um, the old Republic just got transferred out of Bioware, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, I think it was earlier this week they announced their mo- another development company is taking it over. Um, okay, well, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily good news. No, I don't know that it's good news. I was just making a statement, though. But okay, I mean, yeah. that game, they just had another expansion. Like, the game but the is thing, massive. But, it, but that's the problem is that, like, it's it's just super old and dated now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I I've I went back in and played it again, um, and I put it back down because I'm like, it's just too old, you know. So like, I mean, like I want graphics like this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this is the kind of stuff I want to see. So, ooh, I just really hope that we get something like that because man, like ooh, th- this has just got me yeah. with how well, good I'm this super is looking and how forward. good it looks. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to the fact that there is no Jedi in this. I'm like really. Oh, I, I to am that. certainly. Yeah, I, I, we 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 have we have the Jedi game right. Like we have that one with Cal. Like I'm all for a game that doesn't require Jedi's. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Star Wars universe is so much bigger than just Jedi's. Yeah, for so, every one Jedi, you probably got millions of non-Jedi's. So like, right, the fact an amazing, so com- is like, super yeah. compelling stories mm-hmm. along with them. So yeah, I'm all for it, and I'm and I mean the the. Um, the starship travel and like combat and everything like that. Ooh, this looks good. Like so, there's so yeah, much. Yeah, it's got a Rogue way. Squadron vibe to exactly. the um, to the combat. The way it's like third person, it, yeah. it felt very much like Rogue Squadron. So yeah, like like so like I said, you know, you know, despite like me hungering for that that other game, like this thing, I don't want to take anything away from this because this looks perfect like yeah for what no it is, i think this amazing. is everything that i think we need this i think this will be I a agree. good you know start to you know star wars and, and i don't know if you noticed it but it um and this is this is i i don't know if this is a big deal to you but it kind of is to me it it started with the lucasfilm Lu- lucasfilm games logo now that used to be called lucasarts way back in the day but mm-hmm. the fact that they now have, you know, Disney has decided that they are going to have a, you know, Lucasfilm Games company logo and everything, mm-hmm. I think bodes well for the future of Star Wars games to an extent because Maybe that means like that they're a little more refocused. Well, yeah, because there was a, there was a time where they were basically like, well, we'll just give the license to another company and let them. Yeah, they're shoveling it. out shit. So with EA, you know, for all right. those years, they didn't really have any oversight. Um, mm-hmm. And they just kind of did whatever they want, and they they didn't really come out with all that much in comparison to, you right. know, what people were expecting. So I think we're getting ready to walk into a nice, you know, re- renaissance of Star Wars games. And I think it's nice to see this one. It's got a fresh feel. It's it seems 
it's up to date. It's got, you know, it, it, it's not just like, oh, let's just go swing lightsabers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think Absolutely. everything about it so far looks real solid. So, yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, same here. So, super pumped. We're both on the same page for that. Now, you know, we did have, you know, Ubisoft and PlayStation. So, but we're going to have to hit those up next time because it has been quite a bit for this. So, uh, yeah, we're, we've kind of run out of time. So let's go ahead and end it here. Yeah, real quick. I think, I think what we, what we'll do is we'll do like a cat. Let's try and do something midweek and just kind of, cause we need to get caught up. So let's try and do something midweek, um, and get it like kind of a, an extra episode out. You know what I mean? This week. Yeah. If that works for you. Yeah, I'm sure we can hop in and do something like that. So. Yeah, and then we can hit up these other showcases because I think they're a little, you know, we got Ubisoft and PlayStation, and then and then that way, uh, for the following episode, we're, we're all caught up and we're doing new events, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's our plan. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, as always. Um, Muggin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, anytime. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.